All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. We are we're down a man today. I'm your host, Mike Maroney, along with my fellow co-hosts Tom Strange and Jay Woodson. But we uh, we're missing McLean Boyd. He's uh, lost in a bottle of wine somewhere, I'm sure. But um, he probably is. He's enter- he's entertaining some clients tonight on a dinner and uh, has some travel plans tomorrow. So I graciously told me to uh, let's just do the show without him. So we're missing McLean. I know all the listeners are just going to be really upset that him and I aren't going to get into some bickering, cursing, shouting match at each other. Seems to be popular with the uh, the listeners from all my texts <laughs> I get after they, after they happen and they air. So, you know, but McLean, uh, we hope you well. And we'll uh, he was going to be for one of our last segments. He was going to be our insider for, you know, Congaree is this week, which we'll get to the preview. And he's played there a few times and loves like his favorite place in the world. And we're gonna we're gonna miss him for the uh, for the preview of Congaree, but um, well, I can help you there, Mike. I was there two weeks ago. I don't think I told you that. Oh, you were. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay, so we got another insider. But but it won't be as uh, it won't be as you know um, it won't be as good as as Mac Daddy. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to that. So that's a tease for the rest of the show. We'll get that towards the end. So, boys, hope you guys had a good weekend. I know Tom, you played a little uh, two man event. I actually had an event today, my first solo individual event of the year um, oh how'd it go how'd it go playing, playing a couple two-man things it was good to get the juices flowing without having some backup help it was really just a pre- <laughs> it was really just a, a precursor to the super bowl that's going to happen next monday you damn right when tom strains visits richmond and we just gonna demolish the mapga pro scratch tournament do we know a field yet? Do we know who's like? It doesn't matter what the field is, Tom. The I know. I just like right to, here. You and I, I like. Guys. I like to know if there's anybody I need to like send some text messages to, or you know, just kind of start a little trash well, talk. I, I did see Vinny Giles on there. Um, I've heard he's pretty good. I'm not going to talk you trash to Vinny. <laughs> see, here's hey. the thing, though. He's probably playing like the super senior tees, which is going to be wildly unfair. You know, I mean, he's still at his age, which is what, guys? How old is Vinny now? Uh, enough. He's enough. Is he seventy nine? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Seventies, I, I think. But anyway, he is still good. I mean, if if you had to pick somebody to hit a bunker shot for you, you know that that's not on tour. You know, that's not one of that. Like, hey, he might be. He'd be way at my list. Yeah, yeah. So he's seventy eight. By the way, I was close. Seventy eight. Really, man. And yeah. I'm sure. Does he ever? shoot above his age that's a good question you know people also go, man i want to shoot my age does he ever shoot above his, his age i doubt it now maybe from the tips at a course somewhere yeah. maybe yeah yeah that's uh that's silly but we're gonna stare him right in the eye next week on the putting green tom <laughs> you know and he'll and he'll say some things he normally does say to me when we're on the putting green together and i don't know if i'm gonna say him on this podcast but you know uh but yeah it was good it was good for me uh i hit the ball well didn't putt well had a decent finish so it was good to um you know, get into a solo event again, not a two man thing. Those aren't a complete proper analysis of your game. One of the two, two man. Did, did you have it? Did you run into a situation where you kind of hit one, you know, you know, and you short side yourself in a bunker and you want to learn that you want to lean over and go, you know, play hard partner, but ain't yeah. nobody there. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> like the first tee shot. I wanted to say hey, your hole, pal. Um, <laughs> Oops. I, play, I played a course popular Grove down in Amherst, Virginia. Great track. But I played it blind, never played it before, and that hurt me a little bit. Um, you know, just not knowing the course or where to hit it or what to hit off certain tees. There's a lot of elevation changes there, the, a lot of deception with some of the fairway bunkering, and some holes appear to have 
you know, more space than they do. And some have, you know, appear to have less space than they do. So who, who designed that? Is that a Arnold Palmer? No. Um, I want to oh. say Sam Sneed was actually. Oh, coke. that's right. That's because, right. Yeah. like his last course that he ever the, designed. Yeah. Um, I yeah. forget who he did it with, but I know um, they give, credit as a as a co-designer at least to sam sneed it's a beautiful golf course especially if you play it in like you know early spring or fall when the fall would be awesome there it's some probably some really really cool views a great piece of land it is really really there's some poplars yeah a lot of some poplar groves (laughs) groves groves of poplar uh but anyways it was fun um made a check so how about that Uh, gonna get a 1099 from the pga that's great there you go then you you made it um, we're off to a good start yeah made that's, two birdies and they're both skins so that's that's one way to maximize the you know, birdies are there. you shitting me made two birdies and they're both skins so gosh i mean i tell you you got a horseshoe up your butt sometimes uh, but not, <laughs> not, not really not at all <laughs> there are things up my butt just not a horseshoe so. <laughs> uh, let's um where do we want to go with the golf this week there was you know we had the u.s women's open um, which was cool. We had the memorial, and with the memorial, we had John Rom. Do we start with Rom, or do we start with Patrick Cantlay winning the memorial? It, I, I say we start Rom. That's the bigger story. Okay, right? we got we got a lot of we got a lot of a uh, lot of lot to talk about. Let's be honest. Uh, Patrick Cantlay does win the memorial in a playoff over Colin Morikawa, um, who I did predict would win it. So I was kind of hoping Morikawa was going to win, but there is an asterisk on this because. If you were somehow under a rock and not paying attention to any golf coverage uh, in the last 48 hours, John Rahm <laughs> finishes on Saturday. So I, I forgot how many holes he played Saturday. He had to go out and finish his second round. They had massive storms there Thursday that delayed a lot of the golf and they were playing catch up. He shoots 65 for his second round, 64 for his third round, just lights the place on fire. I wasn't watching a lot of it on Saturday. I was I was kind of following along on the uh PJ tour app for most of it. And like, every time I looked, it was like John Rom 11 feet for birdie, John Rom 10 feet for birdie, John Rom 13 flagging. feet for birdie, like just flagging it and just making them. And I was like, wow, this guy is on fire. So I was like, let me try to watch these last couple holes. And I think Ron birdie 16, 17 misses a great birdie putt on 18 comes walking off the golf course and CBS is getting ready to sign off. Jim Nance is doing his sign off like us professional broadcasters do. And <laughs> he, these PGA tour rules officials pull him aside and start talking to him. And he looks like someone just told him the worst news of his life. He's doubled over, you know, hands in his uh, head in his hands, almost looked like he was tearing up, you know, his caddies ushering away the cameras and CBS had no idea what was going on. Yeah. They actually stayed on the air to try to figure out what was going on. And my first thought was, Oh man, bad news right like someone in his family has passed away an accident you know he's got a young child at home i was like oh please don't tell me something's wrong with his kid yeah you know then it comes out tested positive for covid by the pj tour policy has a wd you know it comes out that he was contact tracing all week been testing every day since monday after they found out he was in close contact had a test come he took a test in between rounds two and three saturday 420, it comes back Saturday afternoon positive. They send it for another follow-up test to confirm it. 605, I think he's on the 18th tee box or 18th fairway when they got the second test result back that he was positive. Six-shot lead, pretty much 1.6 million in the bank as long as he doesn't gag on his shoes on Sunday. 
mean, hell, he could have shot what seventy-seven and still won it thing, yeah. or seventy-six I mean, and still won it uh, based off of what Cantley and Morikawa did. Yeah, that was not going to happen. So, um, what is your take? I know Jay and I we went back and forth a little bit on some things via text. Um, but what, what are your takes on the whole thing in the WD and that whole situation? Hey, Jay, Bird. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I'll just say this first. I mean. It's, it's obvious that uh, the fault, I should say fault, but, you know, he, he should have been vaccinated. You know, I, th- there's some people who believe in it, don't believe in it. We don't need to get into politics of whether you want to do it or don't do it. But when it comes down to your livelihood uh, and you know that you can be pulled off of a golf course if you don't pass the test, um, then you should go ahead and get vaccinated. But and if you don't want to get vaccinated, then you are should be totally fine with leading a golf tournament by six shots and, and then testing positive and getting pulled off. So that's, if that's, if he was adamant about not getting it, then that's fine. He should be fine with it. Um, so we'll start with that. Like, Hey, if, if you're, if you're concerned with your career and you're concerned with making $1.6 million, which I think was the first place check, um, then you should have gotten vaccinated as soon as you could have. Um, and then you could have eliminated that, that portion of it, but it moved past that. In my opinion, uh, I don't love the fact that, and again, this all the all the players know about this, and they know the, the tour's policy, uh, and they they somewhat agree to it. I, I'd say somewhat because I don't know if it's a hundred percent clear on how everything is run and the accuracy of the test. And that that's my that's my big big qualm with this. Uh, a player gets uh, is asymptomatic and and knows he's in close contact, gets tested, uh, and then gets tested again. But the accuracy rates on these are, yes, they're above 50%. The research I've done, they're somewhere between 60 to 70%. So some would say, yeah, that's pretty accurate. But pretty accurate when it comes down to 1.6 million, I don't think is good enough, in my opinion. I think if a player chooses not to get vaccinated, and that's his responsibility um, to, to, to pick that one way or the other. But if the tour mandates that a player withdrawals due to their testing and they're not a hundred percent sure a hundred percent accurate. That's where I have a little bit of a problem with it. I think there should be, and again, I don't have the answer. I don't know what, what's the right way to do it. Um, but I don't think that this way is, is the right way to, to mandate that a guy withdraw based on a test that they, they know is not a hundred percent accurate. Um, that's, that's my qualm with it. So, so, Tom, I'll, I'll, I'll real fast, yeah, so you can ahead. jump in. I will say, but the test is the test, right? The PJ Tour doesn't come up with the test. It's what the rest of the world's using. So they can only use what what they have at their disposal, right? And at some sure. point, they just have to come up with a policy which they think is is best suited to cover the health of their players, their caddies, their staff, the volunteers, the spectators. Sure. And so, yeah, it's it, is it perfect? No, but it's the best available. Is it though? I mean, I know it's the best test that's available, but is that the best option to make a guy withdraw? That's not nah, see. That's, it, that's my comment. It's like, yes, that's the best testing that we have, but is it the best policy for the players? Is it the best policy for these guys to commit to coming out and playing? If you don't, if you've got, say you don't, if you do not believe in getting vaccinated, and that's fine. Some people don't, and he's asymptomatic. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of people that believe that. So if you're you're basically forcing yourself on forcing your issues on these players, and again, as an independent contractor playing on this tour event, that's where we get in that that kind of wishy washy stage where it's like, hey, I've got the right to pick and choose what I want to do and how I want to play, where I want to play, 
Um, so there's a just I think there's a little bit more of a gray area. Yes, I know they're playing the PGA Tour stage and they're playing our tour sponsor money, but does the tour sponsor or the sponsor of that event do they have a say in it? Like, hey, you know what? I'm giving you the money. I want this guy to play. Um, so you, there's there's got to be yeah, but they they can't leave it week to week based off the sponsor. It's no, got to be they, a tour policy. They can't. But uh, but again, it, it's it's one of those things we've never. This is uncharted territory. I mean, but not really. Guy, but so it's if not, a guy uh, got the flu and they said, hey, you know, you got to withdraw. You've got the flu. We don't want to get anybody else to get the flu. You know, it's 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 just a it's a gray area in my opinion in, in how they mandate that a guy withdraw. Again, I'll go back to the beginning and say that had he got vaccinated in the beginning. It would not, not would not be an issue. I'm just I I just feel like the accuracy of the test. I know that's the best that they can do, but at the same time, I just feel like I'm just not 100 percent sold on the, uh, the policy that they've got set up. I just think it's maybe over the top. Uh, no, I completely agree, and, and and you know we have to look at it, it like compare it to some other pro sports, right? So if one when you know somebody in the NBA tests positive they still going to make their salary, right? Yeah. Like this is a big deal. You know, they just cost them a lot of money. We're talking, you know, just the, what was the winner's purse? One six. Is that what you said? One I think six. It was like 1.67. Okay. I think. Well, think about his sponsor bonuses. So, you know, he, the, he's got with, with, who's he with Adidas or, or TaylorMade and, oh, and yeah. all, all his, all his corporate yeah. sponsors. Cowboy you know, that's in his contract is, is he gets big bonuses for wins. So that call that's, there's another, you know, who knows how much, how about his caddy? What did it just cost his caddy? Just took, you know, uh, 60,000 right out of his pocket. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know, but I mean, he's not the first guy to test positive on the PGA tour and have the WD this year. No, I know. I, I, right. I, I you couldn't have, it, you, you could not have changed it for this week based I, on, I understand it's now a big deal because he was leading and it was Saturday, but there's been four or five guys that had to WD within the middle of a tournament this yeah. year, not to mention the guys that tested positive earlier in a week that had to wd you're right and you couldn't change if they had treated this differently because he was leading that would have yeah, that would have you couldn't have done you that can't, you can't treat it differently every yeah. sport has a covid policy that they've enacted and you test positive and you're out for a given time what if you what if you send him off first time first off sunday morning by himself carry your own bag yeah but that's not the policy you got to have a policy right you, i know that, that would have been a great policy though but yeah, again, that's the point. It's it's there's nothing that we can do to change what they had in, in in place during the event, but they can change it moving forward. So I think that's that's where the policy was. The policy was the policy they had was the only option they had. Got we we all know that. Let's be honest. Like based on everything that was going on, people are dying. The whole world, like what was the tour? So everybody, every other professional sports. I mean, there's leagues that aren't playing. That you know, college conferences. Think about the money those places are losing. Um, sure. so, and, so, and they're all pretty, you know, you test positive, boom, done. It was, so golf could not have come in soft from the beginning. We, we, yeah. we had to take the stance we did and I think it was the right decision, but the way they handled it, you know, on the green was, 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 yeah, that was, that was, not, that was pathetic to be honest with you. That was like, people should be ashamed of that. Um, again, I go back to the, the but he needs to get tested. It's on him. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I, I just go back to the. To the from the monetary standpoint, you know, again, you can't compare these to these other team sports with guaranteed contracts. These guys don't have that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but he made so someone put it this way, and I agree with it. He made a business decision. If you are an independent contractor, we all make decisions in our daily life or in our business life that can affect our wallet, right? He one was given the option to drop out earlier in the week when he knew he was in close contact. They said to him, "You can drop out." 
knowing that if you test positive later in the week, we're going to pull you from the tournament. And he said, I'm going to keep going and play anyways. Hold on, tell me, how did he know he was that was because of the contract trait? contact yeah, he tracing. was in close contact with someone that tested positive so that's he, what initiated yeah. the, the daily testing in the contract tracing. i wonder who they reached out to does that does that information so like you know for us as civilians you know when i if i was at a restaurant and somebody you know and we didn't do it here in north carolina but some of the places i was you had to you know we walked in the door you had to fill out everything in case if someone you know got it they would then contact you basically so that was the way they were tracing it but I wonder if the tour has something there where like they weren't foreign because. Yeah. Because if it were me and he, I wouldn't tell anybody I'm, a, I'm, I'm not going to be honest. I mean, with you. How would he, he's like, okay, I was, I know somebody that, that, that had it. And then now here I am playing, but I, I was, I saw them on the range or wherever I didn't get close to them. How are no, they going to so, know how close he was to this person? Well, so I, I don't know so if, if they triggered them? it. I don't know if they triggered it or he triggered it himself. Yeah. Yeah, all I, all no, I saw no one was, knows. But what's the, what's the difference? Well, again, again there's no difference. He was. But if, if he knew, yeah, whoever triggered it, but somebody triggered. It. I mean, if 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 he said, um, yeah, or, or if the tour said, oh, we tracked you were near this person, near this person. That's that that's that's a little invasive in my opinion it's like how do you i don't how do you know i was no because they're no because they got they got to cover their back and they got to cover everyone on that that traveling circuit every week everyone at muirfield village all the fans they have to cover their ass too so it's not invasive he's he's playing he's playing their event it is invasive i mean what if i mean if, if all of a sudden now i'm subject to to testing because someone else said this or you said this i mean who well, he was obviously subject to it. He tested positive. He got it. Like I understand that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. But again, you could be subject to these this testing the whole time, and and it could be something that somebody just called in. Like, oh, I know John Rom was near this person. No, I don't. I don't think positive. it was someone that was called in. I can't speak to that for a fact. But it wasn't yeah. like someone called in to try to get him in trouble. To yeah. get him out of the tournament. Is that what you're trying to? Well, I heard it was. No, I, I heard it was. I heard it was Bryson. Where did this information come from? How do they know that he was? Well, someone either either him and his camp or someone on the tour knew that he was in close contact with someone who got it. But again, they did the right thing. They did the morally right thing. We, we're, we're, we're beyond the point of saying that he should have gotten vaccinated. My, my I, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is there's, there's a lot of gray area with pulling an independent contractor off of a golf course. That's leading a, a tournament. And that's got basically $1.6 million in their pocket because yeah, of but what test. if he was in 60th place because of a, it's test. Not a story because of, exactly. It's not a story, but it is a story because it's an issue. So he tests positive, but he's got 1.6 million in his pocket, and we're testing him on a. Uh, we're, we're basing his uh, his withdrawal on a test that's not 100 percent accurate. Okay, yes, yeah, but they, there there is not a test that's 100 percent accurate. So that you got to do with what you have. It, it, well, it, uh, you're right, exactly. But does that mean that he should just not make any money at all? Hey, Nothing? listen, we all work for employers. They set policies. We we choose to work at these places that have a 100, policy. 100% is the policy bad. That's what we're talking about. I, I don't think, think it, it is. I don't think it is. I think they should. I think I don't know what you can do. I don't know what, don't think, what they have in their hands to do. Well, they, they need to find a way to, to make some adaptations. No, he needs to, he needs to find a way to get vaccinated. No, we've he already was, just, we've already established that. Yes, he I needed to get like, vaccinated. But it, 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 given the fact that where he is right now, I think the policy could could be could be adjusted. I don't think it's I don't think it's 100% fair because hopefully this mess will be over soon. Yeah. So what what would you do? You're the commissioner of the PGA Tour right now. What would you do? I, 
I, I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I do you know have to, you it, did. There, it does need to be. I've tried to think about how they could do it and make it work. But something they did all to, that they could do. It, was, it is what it is. And you can't change it now because if you say so, say you change it next week and say, you know, hey, in light of last week's event, we've decided to, this you know, if someone tests positive. No, no, that's bullshit. Change. You can't. You can't. Think gonna, what are they going to say? Yeah. Now we're going to let positive guys play like that's what I'm saying. Like you can't because then now John Rahm's going to sue the pudding out of you. Yeah, no, you not, not saying that. But maybe they do something different in terms of the testing and how quickly they test people, how many times they test people, different tests um, to try to increase the accuracy of the test. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure they're using the best stuff. It's a PGA Tour. It's not Joe Smo landscaping down the street that's testing their employees yeah, no, or something. I'm not saying that. But um i don't i don't know to me like and we, we said this via text I, well, i'm not sure what the tour is supposed to do john rom you made a decision not to get vaccinated knowing that yes you're an independent contractor and you you have to play and earn your paycheck you, you made a decision not to get vaccinated he lives in the state of arizona arizona opened up vaccinations for everyone at the end of march so we're now a week into june i'm sorry i don't feel bad for you no i agree there yeah no and i, I don't in Let's not, you know, misconstrue the argument here. We've all agreed that he should have been vaccinated, no question. But if they're, I mean, some people do not agree with getting vaccinated, and, and that's they their the choice. Right, that's fine. They have they the right. They have the choice. But in the, and and again, as we said in the beginning, if that's your choice, you are playing, you're playing golf to make money, and it's your choice as an independent contractor not to do that, knowing that that's the policy that they've set up. And I again, this is a this is a, I'm a little playing a little devil's advocate, obviously, because I a little. I would have gotten vaccinated. Obviously, I've said that a number of times, but I do think that I still think that the policy, I, I, I just don't love that. It's like, OK, yep, you're out. Done. You see you. Sit down. Um, when a guy's they, when, they uh, can't they can't have a positive player out there. You can't. What if they made him go? OK, so you test positive. Whatever day you test positive on, you have to go finish the rest of the tournament that night. Flashlight, carry your bag, get it done. You've got 12 hours. So if you test positive on Thursday afternoon, you got to get three rounds in in the next couple hours. And we're going to post your score. Is, is this a was this a real take or a time for some strange? Because this is a terrible idea. This is I mean, this is definitely time for some strange. But <laughs> you really think you're sitting out with a flat? I can see Jay Monahan right now, like on the podium saying, We have a new policy and he's got a flashlight. He's like, We're going to give a guy this, and he's got to go out at night when nobody's out there. So, like, if if Tom Brady tested positive right before the Super Bowl, you're saying they should have let him play? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I don't, I don't know what they do though. What do they do if a player tests positive? What's their option? Yeah. Their only option is how they got to go home. Yeah, no, I, I I'm not saying that. I, again, I'm I'm more referring to the monetary side of it. Like, hey, if you if you're going to make a guy, you know, withdraw, and it's his choice. And you're you're going to make them withdraw on a on a test that you don't know is 100 percent accurate. Then say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we got to make you. We're going to give you because our test is only 65 percent accurate. We're going to give you 35 percent of, of the paycheck. I don't you know something. I don't know. Like here, right, I got like some compensation for. Well, you. They give, he he does get a stipend. Anyone who tests positive in the PGA Tour gets a stipend. I have not seen what that stipend is. I'm, um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's not the equivalent of of well, the amount that he would have won if he. You're if correct. He right. But again, they can't. You, you can't assume what someone's going to finish. You know, Brendan Grace had a WD earlier in the year. He was based in, on based on the current position where they are when when you withdraw. He was in he was in second on Saturday morning when they made him WD. No one talks about that because Brendan Grace, but 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's because it was John Rom. He had a huge lead. If he was in 60th place and it was John Rom, no one talks about this. Yeah, this is 100%. You're 100% right. Well, now, what about, like, there's been, and, and Mikey, we could look it up, but there has to have been throughout history of golf some situations where a guy, let's say, you know, he's got a three-shot lead going into Sunday and he, um, you know, falls down the stairs, not, you know, like Dustin. Now, that was before the event, but somebody, you know, falls and hurts himself. Yeah. Or there's guy, you know, those situations have happened or a guy gets super sick or whatever it might be. I mean, that's different because this, like John Rom could have prevented this to some degree. Right. Um, well, there was a story, uh, but again, you didn't, you know, it's just, it's like, Oh, that sucks. But this, I think this is just, this is so magnified because of the, first of all, that, you know, the, the, the cancel culture that we live in now, yeah. um, this, everything, you know, everything revolving around COVID. Um, but I mean, again, it's not, think of it. It's not that different than like, there's has to have been a, a scenario years and years ago of somebody either getting like food poisoning or, or who knows what, right. But like, couldn't play, they were going to win and they couldn't play. And so I heard one, and this it sucks. Weekend. I feel bad for you. I heard one this weekend. It wasn't an injury, but Padre Harrington, the European tour, at the, I think they said it was at the Belfry, uh, had a five shot lead going into Sunday. He was on the range Sunday morning. And the head rules official for the European tour came up to him with his scorecard from Thursday. And they said, hey, where is your signature on this card? Show us anything that has your signature. And his signature was not on there. Whoever was keeping his score signed it twice accidentally. Padre didn't realize. Padre didn't sign a scorecard. They said, you're done. Disqualify. You know, I mean, that's the closest thing I've heard from someone with a huge lead. You know, I think that's even worse, to be honest with you. I mean, that's that's terrible. Like, okay, he should have signed his scorecard, but holy crap. Like, oh, yeah. he's not putting anyone else in the aim. That's – I wonder – I would like but, to – I'm going to look that one up because I'm sure – yeah. I would like to look that one up. But, I mean, it's no – I mean, if you look at the rules of golf, policies of any tour, they change because they find out that they're not – they can be better. And I'm not saying that this was a bad policy. I'm just saying it can be – better uh, they're doing the best that they can right now but i think that there's a way to make it what would they do all right what would they do but Seriously. again i don't know i mean i like i said I, I gave you know a couple suggestions in terms of whether it's compensation for where he stood in the tournament at the time that he was told that he needed to withdraw you know something like that i mean you can't you can't if you're going to make him not play and say hey you were you were playing this type of golf you're playing this well this is where you were. This is what you get. You have to get in or a percentage of it, whatever. I don't know if they've already got that in place. I haven't heard that. But the reason that my point is, if there's a policy in place, it's meant to it's meant to change if there's something better. I mean, we've changed the rules of golf. I don't know how many times. Obviously, the biggest one two years ago, they they totally revamped tons of rules in the game because over time you look at it and you're like, this is dumb. Like, this is dumb. A guy's ball moves on the green because the wind blows it. It's not his fault. Like, okay, let's, let's adjust it. So it only, it only and, took them 20 years, you know, too long to figure that one out. Yeah, exactly. But again, the, they have a policy in place. Yeah. You say that, what can they do better? That I'm sure that they can do something better. Well, see, answer? I'm not smart enough. I don't know, but that's where the sure tour they can do something better Hold on. And, and make it and try to make it a little bit more accurate, a little bit more fair. So the, the tour has an opportunity here to um, not save face, but whether they do it publicly or behind closed doors, but they don't have to save face. But no, I'm just no, hold on with the with the with the with their players, okay? Because whether this, you know, what is I that? I heard a single player could criticize this. The golf league. No, hold on, I'm just talking um, in general. The 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 relationship between the players and the tour itself has over the years has, has um, 
it's, it's not, I don't say divided, but it's not, you know, like it used to be, right? It's not as, guys aren't as loyal, we'll put it that way, right? Um, especially with this, what is it, pr- the professional golf league, you know, thing that might happen, whatever. Premier like, golf you know, um, Premier Golf League. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, like, it, what if, you know, the tour somewhat s- found a way to make this right? Again, and, and they, I don't think they can publicly because anything they do there that changes, it'll just, it'll look kind of slimy. But, you know, what if behind closed doors or whatever, they kind of said, hey, guys, you know, we know this was a mess. You know, we hate that it happened. We want to take care of you guys. We want to protect you guys because, you know, we're all, we're all in this together at the end of the day. And somehow set up a way to take care of John. And, and, and not only that, but, like, going forward, if it happens again, you know, we're going to make sure – you know, you guys aren't just completely thrown out to the wolves. I don't know. I mean, that's just uh, again, it would be smart for them to to try to use that because this all this is doing right now. This is not. I mean, think about it. This this isn't helping that that kind of relationship. It's not because if you get enough guys that are you know against it and say, you know what, screw it. If I'm going to play golf and have to take that chance, I may go. If, if say the other tour, say the Premier Golf Golf League doesn't have that policy, like you know what, I'll take the forty million and I'll go over there and do it. I mean, that's their right to, to do that. But I think the PGA Tour is in a place where, yeah, they do have to set up policies. But again, can they change them and make them better to retain the best players in the world? Because if they if they get too, too headstrong uh, and guys are like, you know what? You don't have my best interest in, in, at heart at all times. Again, I say that. Uh, but that's, this has, that, I say they're, that with they're tr- they're trying to keep. A million people's best interest, not one person. They're looking out for the health of the entire operation. Players, caddies. They I can't have a person walking around with COVID. Play. I don't know what. We're, I'm not. No one is saying he should keep playing. I have not said that he should keep playing. Unless it's at night with a flashlight. Yeah. Then what are we I, arguing about? I'm, I'm, they need to, I think they need to pay him for where he stood. In the tournament, that's my opinion. Like if you're if you're winning by six shots and you say, hey, you know, because of this test that we have, this is the policy we have in place. I understand that it's only sixty five percent accurate, but because of that, you have to withdraw, and but you will be compensated in the, in the position that you stood in the tournament. And he'd be like, yeah, you know what? Hey, I get it. I'm out. I'll take the one point six seven. Of course, he would get it because he would take the money without playing the final who's round. Gonna, Anyone would do that. Hold on, who's going to stroke that check? So, do, so the rest of the field play for second, or they you just kind of reset and they're they're back yeah. playing for one I don't, six? I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not the full one point six seven. Maybe it's a percentage. Of that. You got to I, I, I see what you're saying. You got to make I, stipulations on that. If the if the the day one leader tests positive, you're not going to give him the check. No, no, I said yeah. That's what I said. If you give him some type of percentage based on where he stood, yeah, maybe it changes every day. Like if you're the leader after round one. It's 10%. Round two is 20. Round three, it's 30. I don't know. But again, the, the policies are in place to be corrected and made better. Um, the, if, if we kept every policy that's ever been in place in our country, we would be so you, so you're in the not, 1700s. So could you ever you're, see? You're just mad about the compensation. You're not mad that he had the WD. No, no. I'm, I'm as a golfer, I'm more concerned with him, you know, him not getting paid. Like, that's the way I look at it. Like, he should have been paid or compensated. Now, he, maybe they're doing it behind closed doors and they haven't said it. Um, because again, the, again, the whole premise was if he had just gotten vaccinated, he could have continued to play. Yeah. Again, it, 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 that we would not be having this conversation if he had just gone and gotten vaccinated. He's, has, he's he, not even about why, has he said why he wasn't vaccinated? No, he did have a very classy response that he he's put not a message complaining either that night. No, he took it. He goes, it is what it is. And 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to try to paraphrase, but it was a, it was a pretty classy, mature response from a guy who has dealt with some anger issues over the years. And I think has, you know, consciously tried to change that, uh, the last couple. Um, but anyways, let's, let's move on. I think we've, we've exhausted, exhausted that one. Do we want to talk about Patrick Cantley? Do you guys watch any of that with Morikawa? Yeah. I, I mean, I watched all of it. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. It, it, I don't know these Morikawa. Like, I, I feel like if, if you stood up there and asked him to hit a draw, he can't do it. Like he doesn't have that. He, he's a one shot. He's, they all are. Though. You know, we, we've been saying, you know, as we're getting older here saying, you know, all these young kids, you know, they're, they're so robotic. They can't, they're not playing golf. They're, they can't hit, they're playing swing. They can't hit shots. And like, I'm not going to say I, I, Morikawa might be, I mean, the guy's a stud. Okay. He's going to be a hall of famer. He's going to win a gazillion golf tournaments and he's got more touch than, you know, most humans ever will. But, I do think that he's a – did y'all see that thing with him and Tiger? I, I don't know where I saw it. was like a tailor-made thing. They were talking about the golf ball. They were two on the range. Yeah. And um, anyway, it was, it was a tailor-made, you know, sponsored deal. And they're talking about different shots and this way. And, and anyway, so it was like there's a – they're on the range, and there's – it's in, this wind's honking out of the left. I mean, into out of the left, let's say 20 miles an hour or something. It's, it's blowing. Um, and – one of the uh, the greens on the range, like the pin was in the back left, and, and the guy was like the you know the mediator was like, all right, we know, all right, Tiger, like, talk about how you're gonna hit this shot, what you do, and so Tiger's like, well, you know, it's it's obvious you got to kind of hit a little low draw into this win, you can't, you come the other way, it's gonna short side, you know, and it, Tiger does it, boom, hits this, it was pretty, it was pretty sexy, to be honest with you, and then more Kyle like, all right, Colin, what'd you do? And Colin's like, well, I actually see it left to right, and you could see Tiger in the background kind of go like, what? Like, there's no way in hell you would, but. But I, so my point is that I, as good as this kid is, he's just, I mean, he's a rock star and he's going to win. Um, that's kind of the next, this is what golf's becoming. Like guys are, they're, they're building these swings that hit a shot and they hit it so damn good. They really don't need to hit anything else, yeah. you know? And then um, on the flip side, Patrick Canley, he, I, I like his game a ton. I, I feel like he's almost the opposite. It's like he, he's kind of a little old school. Um, obviously one of the best putters out there. Um, but you know, Look, you see these two guys, and if John Ron was in the mix, golf's in golf. The future of golf's in good hands. Yeah. I think a lot of the guys are just sticking to one shot shape now. Even DJs talks about it. Rory's talking about it now. You know, no, I and that's fine. You have to have your shot, but like, you know, low, high. Any, you know, I sound like I sound like my dad right now, don't I? You know, <laughs> but um, anyway, it's, it's it's interesting because it used to be where if you could only hit one shot, you you could make it, right? You know. But you got to hit all. You got to have all the shots. Now, if you hit one shot, but you hit it really good, that's going to be okay. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with um, just that. Well, I mean, anything stat, all this statistician stuff now, Jay. That you know, Scott Fawcett and Decade and Mark yeah. Brody. I think they're they're kind of changing that narrative a little bit. You know, they're basically saying if you're if you're a left to right player, well, you're just going to play away from the flags on the left, and you're going to play towards the flags on the right, and it is what it is. You're going to have half. Half the, half left, half right, and I think that has something to do with it too. Yeah, which no, is smart no, though. No question. I mean, no one. I don't care if you can hit all shots. You still don't go at every flag, you know. Okay, this is back left, so I'm gonna hook it in there, and the next one's back right. I'm gonna you know bleed one in there. Like doesn't mean you do that, but I think hey. um, yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple factors in there. I think the the equipment, uh, the the ball, uh, how firm it is now, doesn't allow the ball to curve that much. Uh, the way the drivers are. Even the irons, the way they're made, 
they tend to come out, they try to launch them higher, low, less spin. So right off the bat, you're not going to be able to curve it as much um, to begin with. But you, I agree uh, with you, Mike, to a certain point that, you know, they're, they're getting more, there's more stats to prove that if you just stick to a certain shot. On the contrary, though, if some of these guys knew that in the past, um, you know, even with the spinnier balls, you know, if they said, hey, you know, what, if I just play my draw, I'll, I'll, you know, probably play better. But again, curving the ball for some guys gives them confidence. So it's hard to take it away, but for take it away so much, you know, like Tiger, if you tell him in a back right pin, you have to hit a draw to it. He'd be like, no way I'm not doing, it. I can't, I can't make a good swing uh, because my brain doesn't work that way. And I, you know, we brought this up with your dad, Tom, you know, he played golf hitting this straight ball that fell right so much, you know, he just did it all the time. So now you try to change, uh, a guy's vision, um, whether it's the right shot, statistically speaking, if you try to make them hit a shot that they're not comfortable with, they can't perform that shot because they don't have the confidence and they don't have the ability to just free free things up. Um, you know, I always tell, you know, buddies that we're playing with, and are, you know, we're out there and they're hitting shots and, you're like, oh, this isn't, you know, this swing isn't right. It needs to be here. It needs to be here, blah, 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 blah. It needs to be more technically sound, which sure, there's there's room for that. But Having a golf swing that's uh, a free and clear mind and, and, it's, and it's fluid, you can have bad technique, but great rhythm and uh, great fluidity in the swing. And you're gonna, you can hit good shots, but you can take a perfectly sound golf swing, great positions with too much tension in your hands and too much tension between your ears, and you'll hit it all over the map. You know, So it, there's something to be said for guys trying to curve the ball if it gives them that sense of security even if it's maybe not quite the right shot or statistically speaking it would say hey you should keep playing this shot um but i think that's starting to go away a little bit and i think it's just because of kids are growing up with balls that are so hard and you know irons and drivers that take so much spin off it's like i'm just gonna hit straight you know it's, a, it's like watching it's, straight. it's like watching Shaq play person you know versus you know Michael Jordan, you know, like, like Shaq versus Akeem Olajuwon you watch that guy they're both that's a great announcement right yes one, they're both fun to watch. They're both really good. They're good at their trade, and they get they both get the same result done, but it's just different ways. Yeah. How about that, Jay? I just randomly threw that out there, and you just brought out Akeem, the dream. Talk about one of the silkiest centers of all time. I mean, Golly. I had so many post-up moves. It was oh. – you guys <laughs> that are listening to the show, listen, guys or ladies, if you have not watched – go back and watch YouTube clips of Akeem. Elijah on down in the low post with all the pump fakes. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane. And he couldn't, and he couldn't play in today's NBA because he can't stretch the floor and shoot the three, which is, yeah. Don't get me started. Don't get me started on the NBA, but I, that, I, you know, that's a good question. I would love to see Akeem in the today's game just to see how he could do. It. I think he'd do all right. He put on a little extra weight. I don't know. You know, he would, he might do okay. Now nah, he get back. He, he would, he would do all right. But uh, what about the other thing as far as working the ball, Jay? I mean, you think a lot of these guys just, I mean, like what I tell my students, obviously we're <laughs> we're talking about completely different um, skill sets here and abilities and talent with who I work with. But you need your students say, "Hey, I want to work the ball. Like, work it where?" No, I, I'm telling everyone. <laughs> Once you work it in the air, do not work Airborne. the ball, right? And I also think some of these pros are realizing because to to work the ball, you're trying to change motor patterns, swing to swing, right? Sure. To hit a proper right to left shot or left to right shot, you're drastically changing path and face angle relative to our target that it's, it's hard to do right so i think even the tour guys now are learning i'm just going to get really good at this one motion 
Yeah. Just do it over and over and over and over and over again and make it consistent. And then and, all of a sudden, and unless they absolutely have to, it's the 72nd hole of a tournament and they af- absolutely have to hook one or turn one over, they'll do it. But they know if I just hit a cut every time, it's going to be there. It's going to be consistent and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. I think that's the way the game's going, but I, I totally think it's can, it's contingent on, the fact that the ball doesn't spin and it's almost, it's almost pushed the guys to that position because they, they really can't curve it accurately with that little spin. They just can't make the ball curve the way they want consistently. So they, they basically have to point where like, I'm just, a, they can make it curve, but they can't make it curve consistently. consistently. That's, a, that's a great point. Because dude. it doesn't spin. The ball doesn't spin enough. And all the equipment is designed around less spin, less spin, less spin. So guys, guys shot dispersions, um, they hit it further and they're hitting it tighter and tighter, but and they're not trying to curve it as much. And it's, it's, I think it's all attributed to the, the equipment. I mean, it's there. I mean, I, I'm, I agree. I mean, I think it's like, if anytime I'm playing with buddies and they're like, Oh, I want to curve it. I'm like, dude, just hit it straight. I was like, don't even try to curve it. I mean, again, you know, there's, I still think there's something uh, to be said for trying to eliminate one side of the golf course. And I, when I say curve with today's equipment, it's like, a good curve would be like two or three yards. Like just try to have it fall one way or the other. And that way you can try to get rid of, you know, these big misses, but you should it, see some of my students, Shay, the ball can curve. Oh, it, it, it can curve. There's, I mean, it's still there, but it just curves a lot less than it used to. You throw a balada ball in one of those amateurs that you're giving lessons to and see how much that thing. Curves. That's a great point. Like some of these, some of these like high slices or quick hooks that, that you know, people hit, including me hit now. <laughs> Think where that would have that same sh- uh, swing with the old ball. I mean, that would have been insane, right? Hey, hey, Tom. I think uh, next Monday when we play, if we hit one offline, we're gonna say, fucking Jay. He told me the ball didn't curve. <laughs> no, it's like that sucker curve. Well, you know, it, curve, it don't Jay. curve. It's, you know it's, they don't curve much. They just go that way. Jay was That's running again. I would. I would. Um, no, it's never never happens. <laughs> no. It uh, it does it does curve less. It still curves, but it curves much less. So I, when the ball spins less, you're going to get more pushes, pulls, and the balls that start offline and just keep going offline. And less of the big bananas or hooks and so forth. So it does curve less, but it definitely still curves. I can I can attest to that because I'm um, curving that thing all over the place or blocking I, it. <laughs> I will say one one tidbit it's more about we haven't really talked about Cantley. he's a good player but i was kind of impressed with a couple of the putts murakawa made um coming down the last few holes he made a great birdie putt on 15 he had a a, a tough par putt he made on 16 he had a very tough par putt on 17 in regulation it was like a 12 footer with like four feet of break downhill and i was like oh this is going to test his his putting, right? We've talked about it. His putting is his weakness, and he's he's went to the saw, claw, pencil, whatever grip you want to call it. Uh, he just has bounced around a couple of different putter heads. He did, you know, now granted he missed the par putt in the playoff to extend it, but um, I thought a couple of those were pretty big, Yeah, you know, confidence for, for him as a you know, guy who struggles with the putting. Yeah, I think he, you know, the, the some of the holes that I watched, he definitely looked a lot more comfortable putting. Um, in, in some of the tournaments in the past, you could really watch him and you're like, wow, he just, it doesn't have as much tension. Yeah. He's, he's, and I, again, a lot of that just comes from consistent, you know, trying to make a consistent stroke, even if it's wrong. I mean, I remember playing in uh, practice rounds with Billy Mayfair for Monday qualifiers just towards the end of his career. 
And my brother was caddying for me. We were in San Diego. <laughs> of course, he's like, he's like, man, I'm going to try to get his putting stroke on video. I want to get it. I want to get a slow motion video so we can see this thing. Um, but and it looked exactly like it looked when he played, you know, played well in the, those tournaments in the 90s. I mean, it was this kind of up and outside and he kind of hit it off the heel. Um, and it was it, but he was he knew where the ball was going off the face and he was confident in it. So if you're always changing and constantly trying to find something new, it's like you can never build any um anything that's repetitive and you can never get any confidence from well, especially so, when the pressure's on right that's yeah. what it comes down to when you're you know exactly. thursday morning or you know or, or friday after whatever you know it, it's it's different but when the when the real heat of battle is on there like yeah you got to have something that you, that you feel like you can go back to exactly a hundred percent i mean putting is no different than like you know curving the ball with with uh with an iron like you know like hey my i when I'm playing my best, I hit like a two yard fade. And then when I miss it, I hit a 10 yard fade. Putting is the same way. It's just on a, a tighter margin. It's like, Hey, when I'm putting great, you know, I hit my lines. And when I'm a little off, I tend to push it a little bit, but you know how to correct it because you do the same thing over and over. So like Tiger Woods, no different. One of the best putters of all time. He, he's a, he's a push, push putter. Like he'll, when he's putting poorly, he pushes it because he opens and closes the face so much. So he knows. Hey, I'm just not, I'm just not releasing the blade enough. And then he goes and practices it and does what he needs to do to get back on, on track. I mean, he, I'm sure he has plenty of other things that pop up, but over the course of his career, that's what, that's what he's done. He, he's, he was a, a guy who would sometimes leave the blade open. He would open it, you know, depending on, you know, 10 footer, he'd open it seven, eight degrees, which is a lot. Uh, but again, we're talking about one of the best short putters of all time. So, I mean, who's to say that's not right. But again, he, he was confident and and he knew under the gun. He's like, "Hey, I need to make this putt. I know what I need to do. I need to release the blade. I need to do it because that's that's what's going to make the ball start on the line that I want." So, again, like with Morikawa, if he finally settles in on one type of stroke and just just says, "Hey, I'm going to stick with it for six months," I think he's going to start putting much better. He may not be the greatest putter of all time. He doesn't. How need good to be. he hits it, he doesn't need to be. He exactly. Doesn't need to be. Um, he doesn't need to be. He just needs to do something the same over and over. And Tom, we were talking about that with putting. Like, I think in my opinion, and we've talked about this before, it, it kind of starts with a consistent stroke and it doesn't even a consistent stroke only in the fact that it just gives you a consistent start line. Like I, I know I can get the ball started on this line every time and I can hit it in the same spot on the putter face. And then you can start, you can start uh, getting the speed right because now the ball's coming off the face the same way at the same speed with the same spin or lack thereof. And then then it's easy to start reading putts. If you if you've got a consistent stroke and good speed, the line almost unless you're absolutely terrible, if you played any golf at all, the line just kind of jumps out at you. You've had those days where you're like, my speed's so good, and it's like, oh, this is this is a you know foot out right or this is right edge, and you just pour it in, and it's because you've got you know your stroke is good, it, it's, you're hitting in the same spot, and the speed is so good, it's like the line just jumps out at you. So, you know, again. If he finds a way to stick with the same thing over and over, he's a good enough player. He'll do it. I think it's just a lack of of sticking with the same same stroke. But he's an incredible ball striker. It's just it's nuts. The putty bait on seventeen was was that was big. I, I was, thought he was going to miss that, that for sure. On it, yeah. Um, you know, and they had just they just had that like two minute delay because of the pouring down rain. So the that was green, crazy. The green speeds have changed and moisture on the greens. I, I was like, oh, there's no chance he's making this thing. <laughs> um, but he made it, and you know, 
Uh, I did win DraftKings. I did pick him to win it. So man, you have close. you've been on a roll here the last couple. Dude, weeks. I was I was dominating. I I joined one of the you know the one that had like sixty. It was like twenty bucks. It was like there was like sixty thousand people in it. Yeah. Um, at one point on Sunday, I was like eight hundredth place. Oh gosh, how much money were you making? It was like a hundred and no, it was like hundred and twelve bucks. I went down to like I fell down to like fifteen hundred place and made like sixty bucks. But yeah, that's yeah. still great. Tripled your money. Yeah. Well, shh, my wife listens. Maybe. <laughs> um, that's you know, not gotta, real. That's not real money. It's just you know, like, like I when she asked me how much money I won today in the tournament, I kind of lop off the top third. Yeah. Just tell her I made two thirds of what I actually made. But then I realized I now have the. Piece Wait, hold on. Are you are you you're saying this that's being recorded on a podcast <laughs> again? I, I, that, I, I, that is goes out to millions of listeners. Yeah, millions of potential listeners that don't actually click on it yet. But um, <laughs> and she she loves the thirty second button on the Apple um, podcast thing that she can skip thirty seconds ahead. So hopefully <laughs> I can keep this I can keep this talk under thirty seconds. So she skips right over it. Yeah. <laughs> But I, then I realized the PGA is, was now direct deposit, so she's going to see it anyway. So I, I, oh well. How about that? <laughs> Up at the times. That's right. The yeah. other, uh, the other news that kind of came out of the weekend, which was more of a laugh than anything, was Brooks versus Bryson. It's happening again. We're still going on. Everyone. So a couple of weeks ago, I think even Brooks put it out. There was a, a video of some people calling Bryson DeChambeau Brooksy after hitting a tee ball. Well, it's now become a thing. And a bunch of fans at Muirfield Village were calling Bryson Brooksy and Brooks and all this kind of stuff. And they were tossing fans out of the event. So Kepka gets with his sponsor, Michelob Ultra, and puts out a video saying like, hey, Brooksy here. You know, I know I'm not playing this week in Ohio, but thanks for all the support. If your time got short, got cut short, i.e. you got kicked out. You know, DM us and we're going to send you a free case of Michelob Ultra. <laughs> and so while I got a chuckle out of it, I think that was really kind of a dick move because that's just going to spur on more and more people. Listen, I don't like either player. That's pretty well established by this podcast. I, I dislike Brooks less than I dislike Bryson, but I thought that was kind of shitty on Brooks to do because it's going to turn into a massive thing at these tour events moving forward now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can't believe the tour. Like, I mean, I'm sure they didn't sign off on it at all, but no you're way. exactly right. So, a couple of things on it. For one, yeah, this, this little bickering thing is kind of it's, it's funny, right? It's good. It's good for golf. Kind of not not golf, but the the casual golf follower, maybe not even a golf guy, but you know, the sports guy. He's going to listen a little bit, so we might we might suck him in. Um, but Brooks's delivery on his little uh, little you know Instagram thing there. Not great. He's um yeah, he's not gonna be winning any Tony Awards anytime soon. No, not great. Yeah, and I don't know how high the elevator goes. Well, because he wasn't but, singing. Tony's like, you know, Broadway. I mean, we could have gone Oscar there, or Emmy. <laughs> I don't even know what a Tony Award is. I'm, you're right. Okay. Well, he's definitely not winning those either. He's not winning any awards. It was terrible. You know, it, it sounded like he'd been drinking 15 of those things before he decided to do that. You could probably put a few of those away too. I'm I'm sure. Uh but and then you know, like you said. The, the downside is what is this going to encourage? Um, and we just, eh, that's the stuff I can't stand. Like I got go have fun at a tournament, just yelling stuff at people and, yeah. you know, just trying to get your, you know, 
Imagine if you know everyone's oh, on, it's 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 gonna be bad on on social media. Everyone's been clamoring for the USGA because they always you know goof around with some of the pairings uh, for the U.S. Open. If they put Brooks and Bryson in the same group, and then someone's like, "Well, you might as well throw Patrick Reed as a third just to make it a real shit show." Totally, that be, that's that's entertainment. I would I would definitely. That would be on it. Yeah, if that was on the live stream, I'm taking the day off and I'm watching that. Like I'm, you know, um, yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. I've got, I feel like I've got a side with Brooks. I'm not with Bryson a little bit. I'm, I'm not a huge Bryson fan, but I just, I feel like Brooks is just taking a little, he's taking a little, a little too, too far. far. Yeah. It's like, I mean, he didn't really do anything to you. I know you're, I know you're a little irritated with him, but I mean, he irritates a lot of people. But it's like, all right, I mean, the guy's just walking, you know. <laughs> I mean, the, the the obviously the comment you know, ended last week. You know, he's just rolling his eyes. I mean, the guys just walk into the the locker room. He's got spikes on. There's, there's guys who still wear spikes. Well, yeah, and he's I walking. Mean, he's not walking on grass. He's walking on the, you know, crushed shells. There, it's gonna be loud. Like, yeah, it's gonna be loud. Like, what do you what do you want to do? Wearing sneakers, it's gonna be loud. Yeah, I was like, I mean, what is he supposed to do? Like, I just. Anyways, I I, it was. Uh, yeah, Brooks is Brooks is an asshole. I mean, he he's. Brooks has lost um, grip on the reality of where he sits in the game and, and his whole life. He's a big deal. He's got, you know, his girlfriend's out there, you know, doing all her, you know, modeling crazy pictures. Like, all right, buddy, you need to come back down to reality and, you know, well, get he, back to business. He's, he's loving this whole thing. And for remember, what got you where you are for, for a guy who tries to play off, like he doesn't care what people think about him or, he seems to really enjoying this because people are liking him and he's loving the attention. So, yeah. oh yeah, it's kind of a little off brand for him. Yeah, no, but, you, yeah, you're right. I, I totally agree. It's like, yeah, he's other, really t- trying to take advantage of the situation. That, yes, yeah, exactly. He is. Uh, yeah, he he he's just coming off a little too ah, dickish. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> I mean. It's just it's like all right, you you said it right, Tom. It's like I mean he's he's an incredible player. I mean he's one of the top you know, top five talents on tour. So it's like, you don't need to do that. No, you know, there's some guys who need to have that type of attention to make themselves relevant. He doesn't need to do, do that. I mean, he's won four majors in the last four years. Well, and that's all he talked about back in, you know, when he was doing that, it was like, you know, Hey, I'm a quiet, I just go about my business. You know, this is, and, and now all of a sudden that's, that's who you were. You didn't like all this, but now you seem to like it pretty good. Yeah. 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 Well, the other the other big news from a from a golf standpoint, did you guys catch any of the U.S. Women's Open out at a um, Olympic Club out in uh, San Francisco? I watched a lot of the early days just because it was on prime time till eleven p.m. That was fantastic. Jay's taking a quick uh, commercial break here, or a bourbon break, but uh, I watched a lot of the early round coverage just because it was on so late. I love the prime time golf here on the East Coast, and we need more of that. I love it. Totally agree. And that golf course looks so hard. It, ever, it is like you know. Have you, have you played it? Yeah. There's just nothing. Ha, what wait, what courses haven't you played? Um, never played Augusta. The Foundry. No, I, I, I never played the Foundry. Well, we're going to change that this weekend. Augusta and the Foundry. That's it. That's it. Check. I mean, and and <laughs> and you know, you could see which one was a higher priority for me. You know, this weekend playing the Foundry. That's right. Um, but no, it's just one of those places that like. When I was there, it, it, nothing really, you know, the, the lies, every, nothing really, you never felt comfortable hitting the shot. You know what I mean? Right, well, because they're like, don't they say like there's a lot of dog legs? Totally. But, but then the fairway away, can't the other way, right? Totally. Totally. And that's just, that's the hardest shot, I think, especially what we we're just talking about with, with modern technology to, 
to hit that shot, right? Knowing you got to turn it back into a dog leg against this hill. Um, yeah, you need spin spin your friend there to to help you hit that shot to hold the fairway. Totally, but but I th- I think that um, there's a great showing for you know the ladies tour uh, for Olympia. It was just really cool. It was it was hard to watch. You know, Lexi, um, what happened to her? But you know, it, it's I don't know. That was because I don't. I, she's she's a superstar, but I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how many of these chances she's gonna get. It's so, gonna be a thing now. It's gonna turn into a Phil Mickelson kind of thing you know not a curse per se but i wish i would have saw more of it on sunday because and i think they were trying to just not have it finish at 10 11 o'clock at night so they went right. to earlier tea time split teas threesomes and it finished the same time as the memorial it was like could you can you finish it at eight versus six so they're not finishing at the same exact time so i could watch both a little bit more yeah but you know so for those of you who didn't didn't watch it lexi started the day with a lead played great for three rounds was putting really well which is you know not her forte whatsoever and comes out par five number one stuffs it to like four feet for eagle and misses it but i think on the fifth tee or six tee something like that she had a five shot lead yuka sasa who's playing with her doubles two doubles three no one else is making a charge she's sitting there with a five shot lead halfway through the front nine and i was like oh man this is kind of over and i stopped paying attention on my phone and then look back, I'm like, oh, well, now it's down to three. Now it's down to two. And then I was like, okay, but she's got 16 and 17 or two par fives. She's one of the longest players on tour, if not the longest. And she's going to eat up these par fives and then just get away with a par. Yeah, on- not those ones. I mean, there's, well, but I know what you're saying. You're right. Like, she's going to, worst case, she'll make a par. She has an advantage over the people she's competing with. Yeah. Like, no, and knowing that, like, and knowing where she, yeah, just make a couple par. Yeah. And par 16 bogey 17 bogey's 18 to not even make it to playoff miss the playoff by one she's a back nine 41 um, but yuka sasso um wins in uh three holes i forget the girl's name she beat someone help me with that um yes and I'm, yes and again a lot of help and strange looks for my co-hosts <laughs> dude I'm, anyway I'm yuka sasso if you haven't heard of her you're going to hear from her. She's 19 years old from the Philippines. She has modeled her game after Rory McIlroy. It's her favorite golfer. She's just basically, she, they even asked her, I saw a transcript. I'm going to paraphrase here. She's just like sits in her hotel room and watches videos of Rory McIlroy swing. And they're like, well, how long do you do that? <laughs> so do I. She's like, usually like an hour a night. I'll watch Rory McIlroy just swing. And she goes, I was doing it last night. Whenever they, this interview was this week. Like, wow. And if you look at her golf swing, she, it looks a lot like Rory. And I actually think it's a little bit better than Rory. She, she swings it really good. She doesn't <laughs> drop it way underneath the plane like Rory can. Um, and she is going to be a force to be reckoned with because she's not a full-time LPJ member. She just now gets status because of this win. So she's only been kind of dabbling in some events here or there, a couple of the majors. So I think she's going to be awesome to watch. She speaks like three or four languages. She did her interviews in English, which I think is commendable. For, for some of these girls, especially she's only 19 years old. 19 it's not like she old. lives over here and and has spent that much time. And you could tell at one point she even said, she goes, I, I'm not good at this. Well, I don't know, just props on her for even trying. I thought she did a hell of a job. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, you know, she's 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 19, but she's a seasoned professional. You know, like just the way, like you said, all that she has done to get to this point, not just golf wise, but in her life and and in her academics. Like, I mean, She's right where she deserves to be, or where she yeah. should be. Um, um, and and just props on her too for making those two early doubles and not 
playing the last 15 holes and two under par and not giving up and not backing down and just kind of plotting her way. Well, that's, that's a, that's a great lesson to like, not just the pro level, but it, it, you know, your members, Mikey and, and, and every level, like you never know, right? Like if you're playing in an event to all our millions of listeners, if you're playing in a, a member guest or a little too, you know, what are you just gambling with your buddies? You just never know what's going to happen. And so you're not playing well. Well, I mean, maybe the guys you're playing against are playing worse. You just don't know. So yeah. it's, it's, and that's, what's hard. I think that's what the true professionals really do. And we could name a bunch of them, but they can, they can put it aside and move on, you know? And even on a given hole too, it's that just yeah. keep grinding. It takes one good shot to make a par, right? You can skank one around, which I'm pretty good at, but it just takes one good shot to recover on a hole and be like, all right. And it, those kind of things are momentum builders. But yeah. even stringing string two or three good holes together and it can change the momentum, right? Just because you make two doubles doesn't mean you're going to make 17 doubles that round. You know what I mean? It's not going to continue. Just string it together, get it going. But she did uh, just an awesome job. You know, we, we, we always talk about stats and, and, and what guys are doing and, you know, who's leading this category, strokes gain, tee to green, strokes gain putting. I mean, you see a lot of the, the familiar names at the top, you know, on the PGA Tour, and I haven't really – I know the LPGA Tour doesn't quite have the shot link up there yet, so it's hard to see some of the stats. But there's no stat for clutch, clutchness. It's not. I don't think that's a word, but I – mean, It is now. That's, a, that's it maybe is, my favorite. That's the best word I've ever heard. But, I mean – like to be clutch, like that. There's no stat really. I mean, it's hard to track that. Like making, the, the hitting the factor. chip, hitting the chip, hitting the iron shot, driving it in play, or making the putt when you need to make it. Like that's the, that's the thing you can't track. And some of these guys and, and ladies, they can do it. Like like she just did to finish the round off after bo- double bogeying two holes early in the round. Like that's the epitome of clutch. Like being able to forget those negative thoughts and overcome them and just you know, bear down. Uh, we used to use that word, you know, it's just really grind focus on what you want to accomplish and just get rid of the negative and just get it done. You know, I wish there was a, a stat for that. And that I'm sure if they ever found a way to, you know, you know, put, put a, a number beside it, you would, it would, it, you would go right back to the, the best players to ever live. You know, that would be really, that'd be maybe the most important stat in the game, right? Yeah. I was just looking at some stats and since you mentioned it. She, for the players that made the cut, she was 43rd in fairways hit, but top to eight in greens and reg. I mean, at a, at a U.S. Open with that thick rough, that's yeah, that's pretty good. She she moves it pretty good too, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, yeah. she. Uh, real fast here. Where is she? Um, she was 24th in driving distance this weekend. Um. I looked at a couple clips. One of my uh, old instructors got a couple videos of her a couple years ago at uh, at the I think it was the U.S. Junior. <laughs> I mean, this is this girl was the U.S. Open. She's nineteen, but I was looking at the swings. I was like, wow. I was like, that she swings. You know, I think it's better than Rory. Swings with some speed. I mean, used to used to you could say, oh, she swings like a guy, I and mean, you can't say that now because. You know, look at these girls. Some of these girls swing better than guys. Like oh, way, way better. Yeah, and you're and like, hit it, and hit it way further. And that yeah. that that means nothing because I'm like, I want to swing like her. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like I want to swing like a girl because if I can swing like that, I'm, I'll be in good shape. She's always synced up. It's just you know, they're, they're talk about positions, right? I feel like yeah. you know, the, they get it. In, the, 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 all the ladies on that 
the majority of them do get in such be a really good position throughout the golf swing. So rhythm is so good. They're so balanced. Uh, I don't know. It's I mean, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch them play. They're so and we obviously had Austin on the on the pod, but I mean they're the ladies on the PJ tour or LBJ tour, they're just they're so skilled. And I just don't think that people give them enough credit. Yes, they don't hit at 330. Um, but I mean you talk about unbelievable wedge play, unbelievable control over the ball. I mean that's essentially what what golf is. Great golfers have control over the ball. And now some can hit it further than the others, and that gives them a slight advantage. But if you have control over your ball, if you can, if you can uh, predict your next shot better than the next guy or girl, then you're going to play. You're going to play well. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what it, really what it comes down to. Um, and there's a couple of girls now: uh, Patty Tabatanakit and Bianca Pagananen. Mm-hmm. By the way, I think I nailed both those names. I'm going to give yeah. myself an applaud. Um, these girls are long as train smoke. <laughs> I mean, they would they would hit it so far by me, it's <laughs> not even funny. Actually, it would be very funny for you guys, but um <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. And I, and I love I've already said this on this podcast. I, I love the LPGA tour, I love women's golf. It's the, by far the best women's sport to watch because it is so similar. Yes, the distances are shorter, but as far as their shots, they're hitting the same shots, they're shorter, right? Yeah. They can hit all the same exact shots. It's just not as far. So it's not like watching women's basketball. I'm sorry. They, they're not doing the same thing as men's players are. Right. And me, I'm also, you know, I'm a girl dad. I got two young girls at home. So I've watched more and more women's coverage um, as I dream that one of my daughters will play golf successfully professionally and I can uh, retire. If you can, if you can find them a good PGA pro that can give them some lessons, then we're on the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> If you know anyone, I'm taking uh, any recommendations. Any recommendations? Send them my way. I don't know. I know some PJ professionals. I don't know any good ones, but I know some PJ professionals. <laughs> Just kidding. I know a lot of great PJ professionals. So, anyways, hopefully you guys caught that. I- I'm loving that these these uh, women's amateurs or some of these women's majors are going to some of the big classic courses. It seemed like they got the show totally for agree. a while on some of the venues. And now they're playing all the same venues that the that the men do, and so and, and answering the bet like step A, it's just yeah. I mean, so not only are they playing these lo- these venues, but they're playing them hard. They did not shining, take, you know. They did not, you know, the USA did not take it easy on them with Heck that no, golf man. course, right? Yeah. And so it was pretty much the same exact. And I heard someone say this along the way. This was like the same exact setup they would have had for the men, just. The, the shorter yardage, but the yeah. greens were the same conditions. The rough yeah. was the same conditions. Nothing was changed except for yardage. So um, I believe it for sure. And you still had, you know, under par win it. So suck on that boys. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, before we get to our picks and tournament preview today is us open sectional qualifying, which is kind of a fun day. Um, I've never played in it, but I've never tried because I'm not very good. So <laughs> It's, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, pretty much not anyone, but if you have a handicap low enough, we are, this is an, a true open. So if you get through 18 hole local qualifying, I don't know how many sites they typically have, Jay. Um, there are usually, I mean, it's roughly six or seven that they usually have for the sectionals. The sectional, but how about in local? Oh, locals? Good gracious. Yeah, there's, there's a whole uh, bunch. 50, yeah. yeah, 50, 60, something like that. Right, and but then, I think so it, they've expanded that now. I think it's even maybe seven or eight now that they've and, 
Yeah, the, and the sectionals, the there's more, right? Yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah it's so the sectionals, I'm trying to count them here real fast. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah. Um, and so then it's 36 wow. holes in one day yep. at the sectional <laughs> qualifiers. And for the listeners who don't know, these sectional qualifiers are loaded with PGA Tour players. It's not like they're guaranteed entry into the field. There's guys with a lot of PGA Tour wins and past major, yeah. um, past major winners. I'm looking at a, a Clemson Tiger past U.S. Open winner, right? That aren't exempt that were qualifying and, and, and may or may not have gotten in. But it's always a gruel. I think they've kind of termed it, you know, um, golf's longest day, if you will. But Jay, tell us, tell us a few stories from your days as sectionals. Oh. Man, I wish I had some good stories. Um, we're talking about John Feinstein. Yeah, no, that was that was in the that was in the the locals. Oh, was it? I thought that was Texas. yeah. No, was that was Woodmont? No, it was at uh, River Bend in uh, uh, Great Falls. Uh, yeah, uh, that's yeah. completely wrong. What a good track that is, by the way. It was both, John, of, the, both of those used names. John Feinstein actually is a good guy. I know his his brother. Well, um, his brother's a great guy, but uh, you know. John was misinformed. He wrote this uh, book called, I think it was called The Open, uh, an open qual. It was about open qualifying uh, for the uh, U.S. Open, and I was doing the locals, and I was hitting some chip shots on this practice uh, chipping green right by the first tee at River Bend, Rivers Bend, and um, you know <laughs> the. Uh, Washington Metropolitan Golf Association representative came up to me. I think I was the third time off and said, Hey, sorry, sir, you're disqualified. I was like, I kind of laughed at him. I was like, I was a sophomore in college. I was, you know, getting, I was playing good golf. I was, I just played a practice around there. And a friend of mine was a member there and we went around and I had a good game plan, ready to go. He was like, You're disqualified. I'm like, uh, Excuse me? He was like, He's like, yeah, this practice green is, uh, we've deemed this part of the golf course. You can't chip over here. I was like, well, why do you have pyramids of golf balls on around the greens for us to come chip with? And there's no signage saying that this is part of the golf course. I was like, well, I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not understanding. I was like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tee off. We can figure this out later. He was like, no, sir, you can't tee off. We will not let you tee off. So I went to the tee, stood there. I was like, I'm teeing off. And they were like, you cannot tee off. You're disqualified. And I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. So, needless to say, I did not tee off, and then I hung around for a while. I wanted to talk to somebody. I was super irritated. If, if you couldn't tell, you were probably <laughs> fucking I was, heated. I was fuming, rage monster, fuming. Um, and I was so I, I stood around for an hour and a half, two hours. Wanted to talk to somebody, and and then in, anyway, I just ended up leaving. I was like, it's just and you know not going to happen. So. Later that day, John Feinstein is a member of, of the club. He's, he's up in Northern Virginia. And they, he said, oh, this, this guy got disqualified. What happened? I'm doing a story about blah, 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 writing this book. And they said, oh, yeah, he was on the, you know, whatever. I think it was the 13th hole. He's like, he was over there hitting bunker shots on the 13th hole on the golf course. So we disqualified him. And this is the story that he wrote in his, his book. Um, I never talked to him. He never called me, which I was a little upset about. I was like, you're going you're gonna to cite someone's name. And tell and say that they didn't, especially since I know his brother. We used to work with the same instructor, which I don't think he cares about that. But it's the integrity of all great writers is their sources, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, hey, if you want to be, a, if you're a great writer, then let's make sure the story's accurate. You got a little lazy. I didn't talk to anybody, but 
yeah, he wrote this out. And then when that book came out, I got like 15 people, 20 people. Oh, dude, you don't know that you can't, you know, you're not allowed to hit bunker shots on the golf course. What an that's idiot, a, that's illegal. What an idiot. Why were you doing that? I'm like, that was wrong. That didn't happen. It wasn't even, it wasn't even close to accurate. The, the green is like 30 or 40 or 50 yards over a cart path in between a set of trees. It wasn't even close. Uh, hey, like I, I, I could, I'll vouch. I could vouch. I mean, obviously, you know the rules is better than anybody, but I could vouch because you remember when you and I first met when we were like in, well, this that, that was a long time, but when we were playing the state junior at Stanton, yeah, remember this and those kids. I remember you and I talking about like those those kids went out and they were like, well, I'm gonna, go, you know, they're staying right on property and you know before the first round they're like, oh, it's a beautiful evening, let's go hit some chips and stuff, and those kids got disqualified and it was like the it was a big deal. So like, I mean. We'd experienced it already. So anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're, you're right. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was irritating. Uh, I was upset about it because, you know, it's one thing to get disqualified when I, and they didn't give me a refund. I paid the hundred and whatever plus dollars. And I was like, I, I was wrongly, you know, disqualified. And you know, what made it, what made it, I don't know if it made it better or worse, you know, 12 years removed, i I made it through. I was a uh, medalist at the locals in uh, in Maryland, and it was run by the Washington Metropolitan Golf Association. And the president came up to me after he handed me the medal. They give you a little medal when you're the medalist, obviously, which is pretty cool. Um, and said, "I just want to apologize the way that we handled uh, the the U.S. Open locals in 2002 or three or whenever it was." He said they didn't do. They didn't do things the right way and they wrongly disqualified you. And I was like, you know, it's 12, 13 years later, but I was like, yeah, a little yeah, late, pal, a little late, a little late, but it's better than nothing. And I was like, it was kind of nice of them to, to say that, but needless to say, I know we were talking about the, the sectionals, but yeah, sectionals are tough. 36 holes. I've, I've, I've went, I think I've gone four or five times. I've played Woodmont every time. Um, back in the day, Woodmont was the stop for the PGA tour because they used to have the, it was the Kemper Open, Booz Allen, changed names, but you always had a two tour stops. You had the the event that was prior to, guys would stay, and that would be loaded with uh, PGA Tour players. And then the next stop, guys would maybe head out early and get to the next stop. So it always was, in the in the, in the past, it was Maryland, it was Woodmont, um, because they had the Kemper and the Booz, uh, and then it was uh, Columbus, uh, because they had the Memorial. So those were the two big stops. So when you're signing up for the U.S. Open qualifier, you you pick you pick your local site where you want to go, and then if you want to challenge it, you can pick the sectional, uh, and you can pick the the PGA Tour stop. And the reason guys would pick that is because there's more spots, and they do it based on strength of field. So they're like, oh, we've got 30 PGA Tour guys playing this week at this site, and 30 at this one. We're going to give you guys 15 spots. Um, the problem is if you pick those sites and you say you just get through locals and you've picked uh, Columbus or you've picked Woodmont or now it's, it's changed a couple of times. It used to be down in Atlanta and then it was uh, in Memphis when they said the, the, uh, the St. Jude there. Um, if you didn't finish high enough, then you got bumped down to your second, third and fourth choice. So it really was tough because you, you made it through. You're like, oh, great. I'm going to. You know, Columbus for the you know the qualifier. It's going to have all the tour players. I'm going to have the best chance to get through. And they're like, oh, sorry, you're on the offsite in Columbus, which is only two spots. And you're like, great, I got 50, 60 guys for two spots, and you got to pull your ass off, you know, to get through. So that was always tough to pick. 
But for me, I just, I remember picking Woodmont and a couple of the times I did it, it was the, it was the big stop and I played, you know, with some guys, some, some PJ tour players. It was fun. When I was like, when I was young, as an amateur played behind, um, Steve Elkington one time. And I was such a huge Steve Elkington fan back when I was a kid because his swing was so, so sweet looking. And then I watched him hit it and I was like, oh man, he really doesn't hit that good. <laughs> I was like, I watched him hit some shots. I mean, he, had a, he boned a couple iron shots. I was like, really? I was like, this is Steve Elkington. He was like the sweetest swinger of all time. Just stuff um, together, Stevie. Elk. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a grind. 36 holes, you know, obviously walking, got a caddy, but you know, it's, it, it, and, and again, we talked about this earlier, but there's that that mental side of it where these these PGA Tour players get they get out there and they're like, you know what, whatever. I'm on the PGA Tour. I want to play in the U.S. Open. If I don't do it, I don't do it. I get a week off. But they they kind of freewheel it a little bit more. Um, and if you're a young amateur and you're like, oh my god, I'm one step away, you know, then the pressure kicks in, especially if they play well in that first 18 and they're in the hunt, and then you get you get on that second 18. Um, it makes it, it makes it a lot tougher. So look at this. So, yeah, so we just had a memorial in Columbus, Ohio, Dublin, Ohio. So they had 120 participants at the qualifier there, 16 qualifying spots. Mm-hmm. Listen to some of the notables competing in this field, right? Sam Saunders, Keegan Bradley, JB Holmes, Jason Duffner, Wyndham Clark, Cameron Tringali, Hao Tong Lee, Doug Gim, Charlie Hoffman, Peter Malnati, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, Hudson Swafford, Joel Damon, who just won a few weeks ago, Adam Hadwin, Ches Reeby, JT Poston, Kevin Tway, Martin Laird, who won back in the fall, Robert Streb, Sabatini, Harrington, James Hahn, Brennan Steele, Aaron Bailey, Aaron Wise, Matt Every, Nate Lashley, Charles Swartzel, Eric Van Royen, Ricky Fowler, Doc Redmond, Jonathan Vegas, Henrik Norlander. I mean, that is like a really good lineup for a PJ tournament. Oh, yeah. Never mind, there's a qualifier. And that's why they have 16 spots. Of all those names you just listed, though, I, I mean, I looked just a little while ago. I don't know if any of those guys were in, in inside the number right well, now. So I'm I'm looking at it, and they don't have like it's showing someone's on the 13th hole. Like it's it's 10:30 at night now as we're recording this. Well, maybe they have COVID, and maybe they gave them the flashlight, like I was talking about earlier. Okay, don't get us back <laughs> into that debate. <laughs> USJ probably has better policies, Jay. Um, yeah. <laughs> So which one were you looking at? Which, so I, I was which looking at Columbus. Are? I don't know. This can't be an updated leaderboard, but no. Ches Reeves, the medalist, Van Royen, Wyndham Clark, JT Poston, Martin Laird, Brendan Steele, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, Fratelli, Schwartzel. That's uh gets us into the top ten right there. But again, some of these guys oh, yeah. it says they're still on the golf course, which can't be accurate unless there was darkness and they didn't finish or something. Oh, at, at, you're at Brookside. You're looking at Brookside Golf Country Club. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it looks like they may have had some some issues. I was looking at some. I was looking at the other the offsite in uh, Ohio. This is the the backup site, which still got seven spots, which is pretty good. Um, Boho got through. Obviously had a he had a great week last week. Finishing, I think finished in the top top ten maybe. Uh, Robbie Shelton got through. Uh, Brian Stewart, PJ Tour player. Troy Merritt, uh, and then I think it's Dave Meyer. Um, Dylan he got through. Don't know him, but um, then a lot of guys that uh, that just missed it. Ryan Brim, PJ Tour player, and Patrick Wilkes Cryer missed it by one. Former uh, Hooters Tour buddy of mine played um, a lot of golf, like ten or twelve years from uh, Michigan. Um, great golf swing, like you know, no, no, nobody would ever know this guy. But if you, ever, I think he's one of the assistant coaches at Michigan. Right now, uh, University of Michigan, great guy, great, great golf swing, but missed it by one. These 
that's the fun stuff for me is see these see these guys that you play with that you know are great players that have a chance to play in the U.S. Open. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, he's he's a working man. I mean, he's not he's not play golf every day. You know, he's he's probably as especially as a coach, he probably is helping these guys. He he doesn't do this stuff every day, but he's you know he missed it by one. I mean, just think about what's going through his head right now. Like, oh, one shot. What could I have done differently <sighs> to play at Tory Pines? I mean, that's that's tough. That's nuts. Man. It's nuts. It I mean, it's brutal, especially when it is your livelihood. When you are uh, when you are doing it every day, it's ah, that that emotional stress. It just ah, I don't. I mean, I really miss playing golf full time with the camaraderie and, and the competitiveness, but like that, the uneasiness of like you know, missing, missing something by one shot, like over and over and over. It just, it, it just wears on you. It just, it's like, it's like Floyd Mayweather just, just ticking you and tacking you. Like nothing really is knocking you out, but you're like, oh, this little gnat is just God, constantly punching me. It's like, I, feel like I, I feel like I could just squatch him, but I just can't catch him, you know? And it's like, it's just constantly what it's like out there. You're just playing and you're like, ah, oh, no, one shot, miss by one, miss by one, miss by one, miss by one. And you're like, oh, where's <laughs> you out? All right. So let's, let's get a little take. We got a new event this week. Um, the Palmetto Championship at Congaree. This is taking the place of uh, RBC Canadian Open as they're not having that event. So the PGA tour was looking to fill it on the calendar. Congaree volunteered. I guess, I don't know. I don't know who the sponsor is. I don't know who's paying for this purse. I don't know who. The... Yeah, it's but, weird. I, 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 this, this is in Ridgeland, South Carolina, which is in the, middle, in the middle of nowhere. Absolute nowhere. That's my take on Ridgeland, South Carolina. I think this place is the, the dumpiest place on the planet. Like every time I drive by that, the the uh, the neighboring the neighboring town is Kusawachi. I mean, that what, sounds what, cool. God bless you. What kind of place is that? I mean, what it's probably it's, it's, it's probably it? Native American. You 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 are half Native American, so you. Uh, sure. No, it is. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. So it's a so cool Tom, spot. tell us about it. Congaree, pretty new club. I, I don't. It's only been around for what five six years, maybe. The if most. That. If yeah. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Tom Fazio. Yeah, it, and so it's a pretty cool concept. Uh, so tell us about it. Yeah, no, it, it is. This the whole um, the whole setup is, is very unique. So it, it's it's more of like a foundation, and you know the members, unlike a lot of clubs, um, especially you know second, third, fourth, fifth clubs for some of these folks, um, you know you're striking a check to the to the club itself, and you know, at Congaree, they have, it's a, it's a neat setup, right? It's more of a foundation and it's about giving back. And, you know, they sponsor a, a lot of youth, um, as part of kind of being a member, you're obligated to, you know, sponsor, you know, a, a young citizen. Um, I think in that area, I don't know if it has to be, you know, in that area, but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's a really cool concept. And, um, don't they have to, instead of paying an initiation fee there, they pretty much have to make a philanthropic donation. Yep, it's a donation. Yep. Absolutely. And so it's really, really cool. Um, the, the, you know, the folks that are, are running it and, and did this know what they're doing. Um, you know, I, John McNeely and, and some of these guys and, you know, hopefully that they'll give me trouble for saying that, but, uh, but you know, they've, they've run places like this before they know the ins and outs. I mean, they're the perfect folks to do it. And what makes it cool is that, again, it's different. So instead of just doing another, you know, 
kind of high end elitist spot, you know, they set it up a little differently. So it, you know, it, it gives back. Um, but as far as the golf side, I was there two weeks ago, two, maybe two and a half weeks ago. And, um, it is, it's pretty spectacular. It's in the middle of nowhere, really cool layout. Uh, you get a little bit of everything. Some, some greens got a little bit of movement to them, but what stood out to me and, and I literally was just texting some guys here while we're doing this about it is that it is as firm and fast as you'll see anywhere. Um, maybe more so than any tour event we've seen in a while. Um, it was a couple weeks ago, I mean, like crazy balls are rolling out, you know, we were trying to chip it into kind of front bunkers to keep it from going over the backs of greens and stuff. It was, it got like that, which was, you know, and, and they won't let that happen for the event, but, um, but it's good. I like seeing golf like that. So, you know, I, I think that definitely brings, you know, different players into the mix. Um, not overly long for these guys, but, uh, but it's, it's it'll be interesting to see. I, I'd like to see the, the crowd turn out, you know, we we're just talking about, you know, the Bryson Brooksy feud. I don't know where these folks are going to come from and how they're going to get there and where they're going to stay. Um, nothing there. There's nothing. nothing. There's, there's so, you know, all the guys playing are staying either in Savannah, or, uh, you know, which is what 45 minutes or Hilton Ed, you know, which is an hour. They have a, a handful of, of accommodations on site, but very, very few, um, you know, just, you know, I didn't hear it from me, but you know, that was, that was a selling perk for Dustin Johnson to, to get in the event. Like, Hey, all right, if I'm a play, I'm I'm not driving an hour every day, you know, like I'm yeah. find me somewhere to stay. Um, so yeah, so it'd be interesting. I think it's cool how they were able to kind of scramble and get it done. And, um, you know, the world will see Congaree. Did they have grandstands up or anything when you were there? They did. Yeah. They were all, everything was already up. Yeah. Not, nothing really big though. You know, say, like it couldn't be that big if they were. Yeah, exactly. How long, how long ago did you play it? Maybe two, two, three weeks. Something like that. It was I good. Mean, this is showing you always, par, you par always play the crazy golf courses. That Tom, are so awesome, Tom Strange right? plays every golf course in America. <laughs> it's so awesome. all the time. You know, I mean, it's super cool. So like, many any, connections. Any get invited golf to this, course. invited to that. You know, I mean, he played. Anytime we talk about a golf course, like ah, yeah, I played it like seven or eight years ago. It was pretty good. I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll give you the inside take on it. Here, here, here it goes. <laughs> like I've been selling, like I've been selling a lot of these places stuff for you know fifteen years now, and so yeah, you know, some of the stuff they've sold through, and some they haven't. Right, Mikey? Yeah, that's right. I can do this. Um, but yeah, no, it's, 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 it's been fun. I mean, is, uh, it, is it a good golf course? I mean, I, I'm, you know, some people aren't crazy about Fazio, but I thought it was awesome. It did not feel very like when I think of Fazio, I think of kind of flashy fairway bunkering, yeah, yeah. um, you know, just not this, not at all. This is very, this is one of his very fitting for, me, for the setting. Yes. For, for me, this is one of his better layouts. Cause it didn't have any of that kind of just that flashy flair that doesn't really fit. Um, this is cool. It really moves with the terrain. Uh, it's pretty pretty long isn't it 7,600 yards really long a huge piece of property I mean enormous but if it's that firm it's not going to play remotely close to that yeah yeah we'll see I mean you know it is it could between now and then it can rain you know six inches um but I don't know if it's supposed to or not but it'll it'll be uh it'll be good man it's it's kind of similar to what they did at Eagle Point you know a few years ago for the Wells Fargo right kind of a a one-year move um that was highly successful for them so and I and I know for a fact this will be as well. That's cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it on TV. I mean, I've seen some pictures, you know, floating around the internet, and um, McLean just won't stop bragging about it every time we bring it up with him. 
And so now you're bragging about it. And so Jay and I just really can't wait to see. Well, I mean, you guys have seen is great, but I hate Ridgeland, South Carolina. So whatever. (laughs) Jay's going to very torn. Very torn. He's going to deny any request to go down there. No, I, I, you know, I I did look at some of the the pictures, like you said, Mikey, and it does look like an incredible golf course. So. So did you guys do your picks? Who are you liking? Again, another another hard week with no real, you know, if we don't know if it's going to favor a long ball, short ball, ball striker, short game, putting. There's no previous experience yeah. to go off of. Yeah, I've got I've got zero. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I've got my picks here, kind of. I'm still debating this last pick, but I mean, it's it's crazy. I went, all right, I'll go first. You lead us off. I have no idea about this at all. So I just kind of just randomly picked guys. I'm like, oh, I kind of like him. So my high dollar guy, 10,200, Tyrell. Is it Tyrell? Tyrell. Tyrell. I think it's Tyrell Hatton. Yes. Tyrell Hatton. (laughs) Either one. Then I go down to PK, Patton Kazire. He lives down in that area. Somewhere down there, right? I'm sure he's probably no. Saint Saint Simons, I think. Oh, no. is that where he lives? He used yeah. to. That's yeah. where he was for forever. Yeah, that's close Free enough. Island. That's yeah. pretty close. I mean, yeah, I mean, kinda. Like yeah. southeast. You know? Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's like it was in a two hour drive. Yeah. Maybe three sort or four. Of. Yeah. Nice. Well, he's, that, that he's was my to the layout. No, but those guys I'm those guys are proud to be from that area and that you know, you're right. I'm with you. I got a couple of my list. Kind of that, you know, South Carolina, Georgia, a lot of boys down that area. Then I'm going to go to, um, I got a lot of guys in the 7,000s, almost my whole team. Rafa Cabrera Bayo, been playing decently well. It's a pretty good. Looks like he's going to get through sectional qualifying. So he'll be riding high. We're going to go with him. Then we're going to go uh, Pat Perez. I think it's time for him to do something. You know, like, like retire. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he's played decent. He's made a lot of cuts in the last oh, I'm just couple yeah. months. He, he hasn't had many, you know, a lot of top 40, top 30 finishes, but, you know, nothing great, but he's making cuts. So we'll go there. Then I'm going to go uh, a Clemson boy, Ben Martin, $7,600. Uh, had a, a couple of weeks ago at Wells Fargo, T11. He had a top 10 in March. Again, I'm just kind of, Pulling things out of thin air. No idea why I'm picking these guys. I'm just going to flat out say that right now. And I, I did get some insider info on a few guys that play that golf course a lot. I can only really fit one of them in there, but allegedly, JT Poston plays there a lot. Oh, I, that was on my list too. So I guess and, we're picking the same thing. Um, I'm going to go with him, even though looking at some of his recent finishes have not been great. So. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm just uber confident about my team this week. And I have no idea why I picked those guys. And now I have less of an idea after I read them all out to you guys. <laughs> so someone else, please go. It's, it's hard. Like, like a, a new course that nobody knows anything about a, a fairly weak field. This is a hard, this is a hard picking week. This is, this is where Mike, game. Mike will win this one too, for sure. Yeah. I honestly, I, I, I just, didn't look at it until the last second. So I haven't really done a whole lot of research on it. I'm not going to lie. I've got, I, I get in a couple of different leagues and Tuesday night and Wednesday night is when I dive into this. So I apologize if some of these picks are 
or haven't been well thought out, but um, I will go ahead and give you mine. Um, I, uh, I do like JT Poston. Uh, Mikey, Mikey picked him uh, for the similar reasons. I just happened to see something online that he, he had played this golf course. Is he from down that way? He is from North Carolina. Oh. Um, so yeah, Carolina, Carolina guy. But um, he, I've got him at say seventy six hundred. You're right. He hasn't played a particularly great. You know, he did make the cut uh, last week, but he finished the weekend at uh, seventy eight, seventy seven, which is not great. But um, he's a great ball striker. Um, so we'll see. Um, Doc Redman at eight thousand. Um, I almost picked him. Yeah, he's you know he's. He's played okay two week, three weeks ago, finished ninth, and then 42nd, 59th, the two weeks prior. So, I mean, he's playing a little bit better. Um, again, again, just kind of going off of some of the things I read. Robbie Shelton, I'm going to pick. He's he's a lower tier guy, 6,700. Uh, great driver of the golf ball. He finished 32nd last week and, and just qualified for the U.S. Open. So, I'm hoping he's riding, riding some of that uh, emotion there. And then I've got Vincent Whaley at 7,700. This guy I don't really know a whole lot about. Um, DraftKings doesn't even have a picture of his face on here, so I don't even know what he looks like. But Didn't you pick him a few weeks ago? I, I did pick him a few weeks ago, and he, and he played okay. You know, I mean, he's finished 20th, 26th, 26th, 29th, 34th, 28th, 36th, Yeah, that's 15th. pretty good. So he's... He's. It doesn't seem like he's a guy who's really taking the bull by the horns and trying to win win events, but he's playing really solid golf and uh, he's got a lot of top top twenty five finishes. And top well, even part teams. of what part of what DraftKings is is it, it, even if you don't have a bunch of the top guys, if you make your six guys make the cut, oh, huge! The way it scores with the points, if the more holes you have to play, the more chance you're going to score points. So, if, if you for those it. of you who are getting prepared for our DraftKings, that it's going to be open to the listeners next week for U.S. Open week. You don't have to have guys that are going to finish top 10 every week, but if guys are making cuts, they're going to amass points for your team. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the keys, you know, obviously you look at the, the, the golf course that they're playing, but the, the big keys are uh, finding guys that you think are playing well enough to make, make the cut. If you have six guys that make the cut and then you have six guys who can make birdies, birdies and Eagles. So you take a guy who makes 17 pars and one birdie and you take a guy who makes, you know, six birdies, six bogeys, and shoots even. Um, obviously, he's one shot higher than the guy you just picked, but he's going to amass way more points with all those birdies. So, you know, it's something to consider when you're making these picks. Um, but needless to say, I am uh, I'm diving in here to the last two here. Alex Norin, uh, who has been kind of a little spotty, but he did play well um, the last, last five weeks. He's played uh, – decently you know four times 25s and he's a he hits it long he's a good good ball striker i'm 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 guessing his putting is is not great but um he finished 13th at the memorial um so got him in there and then i am going uh with the horse the bryson d chambeau uh i guess he's the he's the enemy here for for bryson uh the hater I'm going with Brooks Kepka. So, wow. I, you know, I don't know why I feel like he's going to play well this week, but I just, yeah, I just got a feeling. I, I almost picked him, man. I, I just got a feeling. So, that's 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 my lineup. He's my one, my big horse. Uh, everyone else is kind of middle grade, uh, but we'll see. Cool, Tommy. 
Um, all right, let's go. Here we go. I'm going to start with Sam Ryder, 6,500. Don't know why, just he kind of hit the number. So Also boom, just boom. qualified for the U.S. Open today. I thought he qualified. Oh, he, oh I thought he said disqualified. No, he like, just qualified okay. for the U.S. Open. So, um, no, so I will say that. So, Sam, who else did I uh, – Lucas Glover maybe – I was a couple. I think it was those two that were inside the number at their qualifiers. Maybe that'll help them. You know, I don't. Yeah. Know. Um. So then I just that which leads me nice teaser I had there leads me to Lucas Glover, uh, local boy. You know, not necessarily to Richlands, but um, to the state. Uh. So we'll see with Lucas. The course kind of fits his game. A little uh, strategery involved. Strategery. I picked also picked Keith Mitchell, another uh, C. Allen guy, right down the road as we were talking. Um, yeah, I don't know with Keith. Like uh, I've been around him a handful of times. He, when he gets it going, you, you know, get out of the way. Like he yeah. he's he believes very strongly in himself. Um, Von Taylor, did I already say him? No, no. What, why, did he play decent last week? Or not? Not. He just played well this past week. Did that's what I'm saying. Top ten. Yeah. He finished top ten. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. So I knew I saw his name up there. All right. So that's why well, probably probably the greatest, one of the best putters on tour. Right. So that was right. He finished top ten. Now his cuts um, he, are. I think he's top ten strokes game putter. So it's got to get you know, and a guy like that just give him a little confidence because he's always going to putt well, right? So if he gets a little confidence, um, I just need him to make the cut for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then I picked Joey or I sorry Joseph Bramlett. Um. Just for a shout out to our boy John Scott Rattan. Um, yep. I, I just, for what I know about Joseph's game, I, this place could could fit for him. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds like sometimes, you know, he tries to not overpower a golf course, but this play, if it's as firm and fast as it might be, is is you know, it's not going to be about hitting hard. It's going to be about hitting in the right spots and, and getting the damn thing to stop. So, Joseph, come on, damn it. He's Joseph is one of the best uh, ball strikers on tour. Um, you know, T to green. I mean, obviously he's, he's struggled with the putting a little bit, but you're right though. If he can find a way to place the ball um, in the right spots. And I think he's got an advantage because I always, you know, sorry to chime in, but no, you're good. anytime you go to a new golf course where there's no course, you know, you know, past history or course knowledge, you always kind of err to the guys who are the best ball strikers because they can play the golf course one or two times in the practice round and they got they've got supreme control over the ball, whereas other guys have a lot of past history on the greens and they can make up for a lot of it. But um you take the best ball striker at a new golf course. All That's a great point because some of these greens the they, they, the greens do I don't say quadrants, it's not like Augusta where you know there's these definitely these different kind of flat spots. Yeah, but it's going to be imperative to, you know, get it on the right level. Yeah, um, and that's a great point. So, yeah. and the guys that the guys that can do that at a new place where nobody's really that familiar, exactly, the guys that are the, you know the best ball strikers. Yeah, it could, it could that, favor longer hitters too if the greens are going to be that yeah. firm. You want a guy yeah. coming in with a wedge versus an eight iron, right? Sure. Yeah, and, sure. and 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 another nice segue, Mikey, uh, leads me to my final Dustin Johnson. Oh, you fit him in there. I did right. Well, that yeah, I did, and you would not. Everybody else was, um, yeah. The next highest after him was Lucas at like eighty six hundred bucks. So, kind of blew my wad on on Dustin there. <laughs> um, but um, guy, I mean, damn it, like we all know, it, he's as talented as anybody's ever played the game. So it's just a matter of time. Um, 
the you know the 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 question is does he does he get motivated for an event like this? Yeah, but I do think that um, this is a type of event he wins. Like this, the kind of totally he's gonna, he, uh, he has he's won a, uh, an event every year that he's been on the PGA Tour. He's got twenty plus wins. Uh, he's been out there since two thousand five or six, maybe something Seven. like that. Seven. He's won an event every year on the PGA Tour, and he has not won one yet this this year. Um, yeah, he has for the this 20- season. This season he has. Oh, he, he won one on the wraparound earlier. Yeah, well, uh, we won a couple. Well, one was the Masters in November. Counted on the twenty. 20- that counted 20- to twenty twenty one. Yeah, because the twenty twenty one season had already started in October, and they counted that. Which, so this okay. this season the- this season has six majors. Bryson's U.S. Open win is considered in this season. Okay, well that's a technicality, but either way, he's gonna. <laughs> He's going to, I mean, he's, the guy's going to win. He's not going to go 12 months and not win a tournament. That's I mean, totally agree. What, what I'm getting at is that he's going to win within a calendar year. He's going to win one or two. What, every what's, year. what's the word like, and I haven't, you know, looked into it. Like what's going on with him? Is there, you know, is he got it something that you're nagging injury or is he just, um, is it putting? Like I, what, what's his deal lately? Do we know? I mean, I know knee, knee injury. He said okay. So he's hurting. All right. Yeah. He said his knee. I don't know if it's right or left knee. One of the knees is bothering him. It's making him not, he said, I'm, I just don't feel right. That, that, those are the words that I heard on golf channel. I don't do guys. He's got some bad cocaine. He's just having, <laughs> Oh, whoa. So 40, 30 years ago, guys, the knees go out like they do now. Cause think about it. Tiger Brooks, Dustin, um, I mean, we could go on and on. Like, it, I don't feel like it was the it was the knees as much back in the day as it was other things. Now, like that yeah. seems to be one of the first things. It used to be the back, you yeah. know, with that reverse C guys. With that reverse C, you're right. You're oh, right. everybody had a bad back back, you know, in the, in the day. Yeah. Now you don't hear much about the back. I mean, you know, guys have their tweaks, but it's now like more lower body stuff. And and I think it's I think they're just emphasizing the lower body more in the golf swing, trying to totally. use the, trying to use the ground way more than they did. Totally, man. And, and having emphasis on not that they didn't use the ground in the past, they didn't know what they were really doing per se. But now, tell me swing speeds too. Like, look at that, that right there. You know, it's just the just the sheer force you're generating. Just the torque uh, that's being put on the lower body. The word yeah. torque. You always come with the big words, mate. <laughs> it's like six letters. Um, it's such a long word. It's big emotionally. <laughs> All right, gents. We all again. We miss McLean. Him and I will promise to cuss at each other next week over something, and we'll uh, we'll have some fun. Hopefully, you guys have fun watching uh, Congaree this weekend. I know I'll be looking forward to reliving all those shots that Tom and McLean have told me about. You know, one day I, well, I'll, 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 that's we what we'll do. The, we can show. watch the final round together, Tom. Together, you know, we'll do. You know, we'll do next next week. This will be a great segment. I'm sure our viewers would love this. Um, our listeners. We'll we'll go through the final round, every shot the winner hit, and then every shot I hit, the comparable same hole. <laughs> no, we're next next that time. would be I mean that would be epic right there. Next would, time, everybody to sleep. Next Monday night, we're going over hole by hole of our uh two man event. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. You're gonna talk about your win? Is that what yeah what I'm here? Absolutely. We're gonna be drinking out that. of a cup. We're gonna be drinking out of a cup. Yeah. I wanna hear I, I wanna hear about I, the win. I mean, I'm staying Monday night. Just, just so we can do the pod together, okay? Yeah, are you? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, love it. Done. Awesome. That's All cool. right, listeners. Well, you have you have that to look forward to. What a tease is that? Um, <laughs> I, the, the amount of listens we're going to get next week is going to be crazy. 
So hopefully you had a good time listening to us. We had a good time chatting and uh, we'll see you down the road. Thanks, boys. Hi, guys. Cheers.